this, this economy certainly it, you know economies like they always do they'll they'll wax and wane a little bit but but the information age does open so many opportunities for young folks i think it's real important though that that they secure foundational skills that will allow them to find success in whatever they do and again those are those are skills that that I say are things like collaboration. Learn how to work with others. Again, technology has is working against you with these skills because you live in this you know mobile device world where you're not required to collaborate to be successful. But guess what? You're going to need to collaborate and work with others in whatever you choose to do. A game changing approach to life, business, and marketing. You're listening to TMG Talks. The CEO of the Commodore, I want to see if I can say this first time, Commodore Conyers College and Career Academy. You got it. 4C Academy CEO, Chris Hatcher. Thank you for being here today. Excited to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, our school and our kids. Absolutely. Before we get into 4C Academy and some of these things, because I have, I have a little bit of a story myself. Let's talk about Chris Hatcher, man. Let's give the viewers some perspective of kind of where you came from and how you got to where you're at right now. Yeah, so I'm from Albany. I grew up here, uh, graduated from Westover High School, went to the University Patriot. of Georgia. Yeah, Patriot. Yes, right. Patriot. Went to the University of Georgia, so I'm also a bulldog. Even better. And uh, from there, uh, was really trying to figure out a way to see some of the world after college before I got into my career. Mm -hmm. So I started exploring a couple of opportunities and, and really kind of focused on the Peace Corps as an opportunity to get and learn a little bit about a new culture, a different culture. And so, um, where were you located? Well, interestingly, I, I didn't really care where I was going to go. And so, which I found out later in the long application process for the Peace Corps, it's not something you just sign up for, which I Mm -hmm. thought it was. But one little question on the application is, where would you like to be located? And I sort of checked, does it matter? And apparently that's mm-hmm. one that they're looking for because they want folks that aren't going on a vacation. And so <laughs> anyway, the other piece that I learned I had to do to get into the Peace Corps was have some sort of skill. I was a history major at Georgia. Hmm. Um, and so I learned that beekeeping in third world countries was a, a coveted skill because these third world countries are – they need every opportunity to, to make any bit of income. And so mm-hmm. I took a course my senior year at the University of Georgia called The Hive and the Honeybee. It was taught through a, a renowned international entomology specialist from Germany on beekeeping. And so I probably know more about bees than anything else, which isn't saying a lot. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I got that and then learned that I was going to Tunisia, northern Africa. So that's where my uh, that's where I was positioned stationed well let's go back to school were you a good student growing up like were you a you know you know I was probably a a minus b plus student uh not Mm -hmm. a great student uh not Mm -hmm. a studious student uh Mm -hmm. you know I uh, I enjoyed reading I enjoyed doing things uh but I didn't really enjoy studying uh and then that's sort of as a history major I like to read I like to learn about things and so that's what sort of drew me to that uh major man i would have paid for those grades whatever money i had which was hardly any i would have paid for those grades so let's go back to um to the peace corps i mean what 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 drew you to want to do that to want to be involved in that well i think a lot of folks that are drawn to the peace corps there's more of a altruistic 
type thing, and certainly that was part of it. But but really, I wanted to learn about a new culture and a different culture. I wanted to do something before I entered my career. And you know, living in Northern Africa in a Muslim uh, community, it was about as far away from South Georgia <laughs> as you can get. So I, I got what I was looking for for sure, and just enjoyed every minute of it. So when I first met you, you were an entrepreneur. You had a lot of different things going on, and and I was able to work on a project with yep. you that was really cool. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, I think there's some interesting things we can learn from that situation. But you were in the ho- you worked in the hospital for a while. That's right. So I um, after I got back from the Peace Corps, mm-hmm. I went into graduate school and got a master's in business administration and health administration, and um, and you know a strong interest in healthcare. Um, and so with that degree, I came back home to Albany and uh, worked at Phoebe Putney Health Systems, uh, you know, and, and enjoyed every minute of that, really. It was a, it was a great uh, opportunity for me to learn, uh, to learn about an industry that's like no other and, uh, and really just uh, got a lot of opportunity there from, from the leadership and, and just enjoyed every minute of it, really. It was a great experience. Were you in a leadership type role there? I was. I started uh, our physician hospital organization, which is a PHO, and, and um, it, it, it was a startup, which I enjoy. And mm-hmm. so um, really my job was to, we, it was the hospital partnering with physicians to then contract for managed care, to really provide plans to employers and insurance companies. And so, you know, the, we had to put a lot of pieces together, had to work closely with the physician community. Um, and, and so that organization is still running today that I started. And so it, it, it was a, a very rewarding uh, part of my career. What from the Peace Corps did you bring in that you learned in the Peace Corps? Did you bring into that? You know, I think I don't know specific to mm-hmm. uh, health care, but just really the Peace Corps taught me how to solve problems. Um, really? You know, which I think is the number one skill that anybody can have, regardless of where they are, where, what their job is, what they're doing, whether it's school or career. And because you really had to be acute in your senses. I did not have a lot of language. Mm. You know, the native language I had to learn. I had to really be attentive to what they were saying. And we picked up on the language pretty quickly. But you had to really figure out things and how to do things a little differently, uh, how to solve problems. And, and that was a big part of uh, my career in healthcare, uh, and it's a big part of what I do right now. By the way, I was terrible at school um, <laughs> for the longest time, and I've mentioned this before. For the longest time, when I was in school, you know, probably <clears throat> probably about fifth grade and beyond, for the longest time, I thought, man, maybe I'm not intelligent. You know, what's wrong with me? You know, because some of my friends. Man, they would just whim through school and they'd sleep in class and they would ace their tests. Some of them would work a little bit harder. They would do really well. I, I just did not do good in school. And for the longest time, I thought something was wrong with me. I thought, man, if, if I can't get through this, and of course the media during that time, it's like, if you don't have an education, you're worthless. Right. You're not going to do anything. My parents never made me feel that way. But man, it was it was daunting for me all the way through high school. I mean, I struggled so hard. Do you think that the education system is set up for every type person? I don't. I think, um, you know, it's all about engagement. And, 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 you know, and that's what I found here in my brief two-plus years in education. This this group, and I'll talk about it now or later, but but this generation, I've done a fair amount of research on this generation. And, mm-hmm. and they're really 
they're different, but they're the they're same. Fascinating. They man. are. And, uh, but what what you were challenged with, just like I was, you weren't engaged in high school. You mm-hmm. didn't. Nothing grabbed you. You maybe didn't see the relevance of what you were doing because had had there been something, let's say, media oriented, you would have been all over it or something that tapped into your creative side. Uh, that would have grabbed you more than sort of the mundane, uh, you know lecture 50 minute lecture <laughs> that that did not grab john tomlinson it doesn't grab most people these mm-hmm. days and so you know that's one of the things that that we try to do at the 4c academy is find ways to engage this this generation yeah because certainly at some point the education system is going to have to change because i know that there's some resilience as far as people kind of admitting that you can find out anything you want right here right. click of a button and I know there's some there's some bad information out there on the internet, but there's also a lot of really good information. But what do you think the education system is going to need to kind of realize and do over the next ten years to really you know stay as valuable to the marketplace? Well, I think what we've got to do is is find ways to engage kids, and and what we have done is really focus heavily on project based learning, on doing something because. Here's a few things that that are that we know about this generation. First of all, their attention span. This is Generation Z, 22 mm-hmm. and below. Their attention span is eight seconds. Okay, the millennial crowd was 12 seconds, so it's four seconds less than than the folks that everybody's been struggling with in the workforce. Th- this crowd is their attention span is eight seconds. They're incredibly impatient. They're used to everything being on demand, Netflix, mm-hmm. Spotify, their music, their Amazon, their, their products, whatever they want, they want it now. You know, I, I remember as a kid, I couldn't wait till Sunday night to watch the next episode of Disney. I mean, that was kind of the thing. This generation will wait for the entire season to be released so they can watch the whole season in one weekend. Mm-hmm. Very impatient. So that that's another thing. They're They're – Attention span, impatient, a 50-minute lecture to this generation is torture. Mm. I mean, that's that's just, you know, part of the research. And so, you know, how do you find ways to, to capture that group? And we do that through po- project-based learning, and we've got something that we're trying this year. It's brand new for us. And, you know, there's we're, we're learning a lot. We do a lot of um, innovative stuff, and some of it works and some of it doesn't. I think this will end up working. We and I'll just tell you a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. What we have done to try and, you know, combat this this generational divide in the way they learn is we have school Monday through Thursday at 4C. On Fridays, we are completely dedicated to project-based learning. Okay, we've got uh, something we called Group Up. And there's no school on Fridays. There's no math. There's no science. There's no pathway. What they do is every student belongs to one of ten community projects. And once they got assigned to those projects, they've got to identify their problem statement and they got to figure out how to solve it. And and so we're doing things like this, robotics in the real world. So we've got a team that identified how they can build a robot to pick up trash in parking lots after events. And so it's it's an autonomous robot, like a, a, a you know one of those Roombas mm-hmm. for the parking lot. So they're building that right now. We've got a healthcare team focused on healthy eating and healthy lifestyles, and they're simply trying to tell our young students that uh, they need to reduce their sugar, they need to increase their water intake, and they need to get some exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's their problem. We've got a construction team that is working, partnered with Chihaw, and they're re- rebuilding some of the habitat that was damaged in the storms. 
uh, we've got all of our ninth graders belong to an ag team, okay? And they are, first of all, learning about our state's number one industry. They're learning how to grow fresh food. And they're also learning how to give back to our community because we have 40 raised bed gardens that our students built. They put the irrigation in. They're growing collards. So they're getting their hands dirty. They're getting their hands dirty. It's incredible. And now we're building a a mobile produce stand. So we'll take all the food that we're growing and we'll take it uh, in our neighborhoods, which we're, by the way, located in the middle of a food desert. There's no Mm -hmm. grocery store within six miles of our school. And then we'll give that back to the community. And so that's what's going on on Fridays in an effort to try and get to how these kids learn. And, uh, you know, again, the jury's still out. I think it's way more positive than negative. Um, There's light on structure, which gives some of our teachers some pause. It gives some of our students some pause. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you got to, we got to try something. So to your point. I would have killed to have an opportunity to be involved in something like that in school. You know, I remember when when I started when I decided I was going to try this entrepreneur thing, right, which mm-hmm. from the outside you look at it and you're like, man, that looks really cool. You get into it and you get punched in the mouth, right, like immediately. And one of the things I realized at that time for me, not for everybody, but for me, I realized that very, very little of what I learned in the education system prepared me for anything that I was dealing with at that moment. Right. Negotiations you know, some bookkeep, you know, whatever, just the things as an entrepreneur you have to deal with and that you have to learn scale and this and that, you know, it's almost like in in the school system, I kept reading about what used to be like things that happened in the past and things innovate so fast. I just had, it was like, man, nothing could have prepared me for this. What are schools like this doing to prepare kids for the real, other than just the trade type stuff, but in the entrepreneurial way and business way, what are they doing to help them there? You know, I think a big part of what we try to do is, is show relevance. I mean, again, you, you didn't see in your education how whatever it was they were putting before you would help you with whatever was next. Mm-hmm. And so what we say at 4C is inform, engage, prepare. Mm-hmm. So this group of folks, students, a lot of times it's helpful for them to understand the why. You know, uh, I grew up just like you did uh when your dad told you to do something, you'd ask him why. He said, because I told you so, <laughs> you know, and, the, and you did it. Yep. This generation is a little different. I, and, 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 you know, that if you can share with them why something is important and how it, the relevance of whatever you're doing will help them with whatever's next for them, they're much more likely to latch on. And maybe they're not so different than we were. Uh, they just, the approach was a little different. Right. So, demonstrating relevance is important and showing them how the world is absolutely changing. I mean, you talk about the phone. The phone has created a lot of challenges for not only our students, but certainly for employers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in, in, in it's, it's so distracting. The addiction is real, uh, particularly for our young people. It's real for you and I, too. I mean, we're addicted just like the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. We, 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 you know, you, you can't help that. The difference between myself and the students at 4C, though, is I knew a day when it wasn't there, and so I sort of already had built in some problem-solving skills and some different things of how I could cope without a phone. This group, that's how they problem-solve. It is Google, period. And so getting them away from the phones and and creating some some skill sets that help them solve problems— is something that will stay with them throughout their life and their career, and that, that's why it's a big focus of ours. 
So Chris, let's talk about your experience as an entrepreneur. Tell me a little bit about what you did and what you experienced through that. Yeah. So in my, I guess, career in in the healthcare world at Phoebe, um, you know, I really enjoyed the startup component. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed figuring out you know, how to get something off the ground, uh, how to put the pieces together, how to create partnerships. And so um, that piece was very appealing to me personally. And so it was a somewhat of a natural transition into the entrepreneurship. I saw a couple of things, you know, in my healthcare career and, and, and for my first venture, if you will, um, it was really trying to reduce the time between patient feedback loop reduce that time i mean so we created a customer response system if you will and back in this was before these devices this was back when there was the old palm pilot Mm. we developed some software that sat on a palm pilot and and allowed hospitals to survey their customers in real time and then the information would sink and they would be able to see where they've got some opportunity for recovery and that kind of thing and so you know that was my first venture and you know i think again it was all about partnerships all about uh you know their sales obviously in everything you do uh, and and certainly in entrepreneurship there was so we had a sales piece to that um and so great experience uh we had you know right on the cusp of some big success opportunities uh you know, and and didn't quite hit a a, a, a double, <laughs> uh, but but we had we had a good uh, you know go at it there, and then it sort of morphed in some other things that I did as well. How crazy! And this has been true in my life. I was curious as to what you thought about this as an entrepreneur. How crazy, especially in developing new software, new products and services, and stuff like that, is it to realize how important speed is? That's right. It's yeah. crazy because. As a creative person, and you are creative, I, I've found that out about you. Very creative. Um, you maybe you don't draw art on ca- <laughs> blank canvases, but you're a very creative person. I think a lot of times um, people kind of they get really creative and they think, 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 think. But if the speed's not there, if the speed to the market's not there, if the speed of you know acquisition and new opportunities isn't there, how important was speed? In your ventures? You know, it was very important. I think in a subsequent venture that I had, um, I actually feel like we were we were ahead of the ahead of our time a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but speed was certainly important and it's important for a couple of reasons. One, you want to get out there and, and get some revenue and momentum. You've got lots of pressure, as mm-hmm. particularly when you have investors, and so you have to uh, you have to use your resources wisely, and you have to uh, the the quicker you can start demonstrating some revenue, uh, the better you know success that you can have to try to grow. And so, um, you know, but this latest venture we had, uh, I think it's actually today's world is more suited than it was you know ten years ago. It was a, a venture called Family Time. Mm-hmm. And essentially, Family Time uh, was a private network uh, where families could collect information and record like an online scrapbook o- over the course of their lifetime, uh, you know, where you could put different pets that you have, different uh, places that you lived, uh, different sports that your kids were involved in, where they went to school. And so the idea was, you know, over the course of your lifetime, you could go back and reflect and show your kids quickly through a digital format Um and so, you know, interestingly, right now, with all the challenges around privacy and around different things and, and Facebook stalkers and all that kind of stuff, 
is probably would have been better suited to start that now uh, than than then. But we ran hard and fast, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and morphed like you have to do. You know that as an entrepreneur, you you're going hard one way, and then you find out that uh, you know for whatever reason there's a barrier there. You've got to kind of pivot, and uh, and and we did that three or four times, and and certainly I think our uh, being located in Southwest Georgia didn't help our cause. We were a technology company, um, but again, we lots of things learned along the way, lots of <laughs> problems solved, uh, lots of great people we met, and uh, you know, no regrets. The 4C Academy is two and a half years old, so I was sort of the startup CEO for it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a new venture and a new uh, school here in Albany, relatively new. Um, I was. Um, very involved in economic development uh, for the last 10 or 15 years here in Albany. I serve on the Economic Development Commission. We as a community recognize the importance of of workforce and talent development. Mm -hmm. So that's when we went on this journey to try and secure a grant for a college and career academy. I was appointed by the EDC to represent them on the initial board of the academy and and really went to the first meeting and heard a little bit about it and said, look, I really want to be involved in this. I don't want to just be a board member. And so I parked my current venture at the time with a partner and, uh, you know, here we are. And so I was a, you know, startup CEO, which I enjoy, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with our business and industry, understanding what their needs are, where, what types of, you know, talent they were looking for, what types of skills they were looking for. And we built the whole academy based on market research from our business community. And uh, and so it has, uh, you know, it has been exciting uh, each and every year. Uh, so this is, a, like I said, we're in the middle of our third year. What is you, Chris Hatcher, what is your hope for this generation that's coming up? What is your hope for them in the next 10, 15 years? You know, again, I think there's just a lot of lot of opportunity. I mean, this, this economy, certainly, it, you know, economies like they always do, they'll, they'll wax and wane a little bit. But, but the information age does open so many opportunities for young folks. I think it's real important, though, that, that they secure foundational skills that will allow them to find success in whatever they do. And again, those are those are skills that that I say are things like collaboration. Learn how to work with others. Again, technology has is working against you with these skills because you live in this you know mobile device world where you're not required to collaborate to be successful. But guess what? You're going to need to collaborate and work with others in whatever you choose to do. You know, problem solving skills. Don't don't simply you know, learn how to figure stuff out as opposed to just Google, you know, mm-hmm. uh, critical thinking. I think it's real important for young people to know, you know, to be curious and, and to, to, you know, really solve problems. I think the, that is what my hope is for the folks that come through our school, because that's what's going to lead to their success, whether they go directly into the workforce, go to two-year college, go to four-year college. You know, the employers of today are looking for people with those types of skills. And so that that's um, but but I think that the the future is bright. You know, I really do. It's it's a good time to be young. And uh, and, um, you know, I'm excited for the kids that come through our school just like I am for my own. Well, Chris, man, it's been awesome. I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. TMG Talks. We'll see you next time.